Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Heyo, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox Post Game Show. Coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. It's your full CHGO White Sox crew. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, the CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber and read his latest piece at allchgo.com. One is about Andrew Benatendi. We'll get more into that a little bit later. And then uh, well, the next piece is about Mike Clevenger and whether he would be uh, prime for the 2024 team or maybe he'll opt out uh, because pitched really well yesterday. Had a really nice outing. Uh, man in the middle, Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Eckerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Fred, White Sox Tom joined us for pregame. Now, obviously recapping the 9 to nothing loss <laughs> uh, that the White Sox had against the Orioles. No um, suspense there. No. Uh, <laughs> make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. Uh, we appreciate everyone hanging out with us after that tough loss uh, and after the crazy week. I know you guys talked about that on uh, Sunday, just recapping all the insane events uh, that happened in the White Sox world uh, over the past seven days. I don't know if this would fit in nicely. It was kind of a ho-hum, another possibly, as Fred says, uh, one of the hundred losses that are going to come this season. But Luis Robert, really good at baseball. Really yeah. good. It's it's amazing. I mean, he hit a double off of the wall, would have been a home run in 23 of the 30 ballparks in Major League Baseball, and unluckily for him, he was in that ballpark. And then he almost took off uh, the relief pitcher's back with a 110-mile-per-hour <laughs> rocket right back to the box. And, I mean, there's no more you can be said. And then, not to be un- outdone with the bat, he made a nice diving catch off of Adley Rutschman late in the game. It's just... There's no more superlatives to say about the guy that you haven't said before. It's great to watch him in a lost season to see a superstar, one of the best players in baseball, to be on your team. Now you just wonder, will they get him some help so he can be showcased a little bit more on a national stage with some games that are actually meaningful? The defense has been incredible, and I think, you know, it's very easy for everybody, you know, if you're not if you're not a White Sox fan, if you don't watch this team on a regular basis, it's very easy for everybody to, to head over to the baseball reference page, see the offensive numbers, and go, oh, wow, he's having a great season, but you don't see what he's doing in, on defense on a nightly basis. Sox fans who have watched the team every day obviously know, but um, you keep getting constant reminders of not just that he's been good at defense, that he has been fantastic uh, out there in center field. He's looking far better than he did uh, in, in years past, and I'm including the year 2020 when he won a gold glove out there in center field. I mean, he's moonwalking away with this this gold glove this year, you'd have to imagine. And he told us last week that he's 
he he put in the work on this. Like he has thought he thought that he had a lot of stuff that he needed to do after 2020 when he won a gold glove, by the way, but he identified what was going on wrong there. He knew, as we remember from years past, that he wasn't so great at the wall. And then how many times this year have we seen him rob home runs with amazing plays at the wall? This play tonight reminded me of the diving catch in Kansas City from 2020. Um, Spectacular. Spectacular defensive uh, performance from him all year long. It should factor in to everyone's assessment of his uh, season as a whole because, yeah, the offensive numbers are great, but Let's let's not uh, let's not take any spotlight off what he's done defensively. Yeah, only two players have uh, more fielding run value, and that's a uh, Statcast new. Uh, oh, FRV. Metric. Yeah, FRV. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Ferv. <laughs> it sounds like a pretty good band. He ranks, may, he ranks third in baseball in Ferv. Yeah, they have okay. really good guitar tones. Uh, mm-hmm. Ferv, though, uh, he's third in uh, Ferv uh, when it comes to center fielders, first in the American League. Um, and the big thing, too, is the thousand innings he's played. Uh, the only three guys that I can see, at least in the top 15, that have over 1,000 innings in center field this year, Luis Robert Jr., 11 run fielding, uh, an 11 fielding run value. Ferv. Uh, yeah. uh, Julio Rodriguez has a 10 Ferv uh, with over 1,000 innings, and then Trent Grisham of your Padres, Herb, uh, has over 1,000 innings and a 7 run uh, uh, Ferv. Uh, so, you know, shout out to Luis Robert because not only is it, you know, I test, but the, the stats back it up too. I mean, he is just out there every single day. And even though Brenton Doyle is, was impressive. Uh, we were seeing Boy, him was he? My uh, goodness. Coors field, uh, <laughs> less than, less than a thousand innings. Like, I mean, the, the big thing is in, I think get more ferv, Brenton Doyle. <laughs> well, no, he's, he leads, he's got more ferv. Yeah. He's got more, but ferv. he hasn't been out there as much. Yeah. All 14 right. ferv, but also that's why they have national league and American league. So him and Joey, Joey, well, yeah, him and Joey Weimer can fight over Ferv in uh, center field. Who's the Ferv. best Ferver? Yes, out there, yeah. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to the American League, there's no one better uh, with uh, Luis Robert Jr. and Ferver. Uh, but um, he's he's just been incredible. The range is just next worldly. Like he's not Oscar Colas with the arm. Um, you know, I mean, Oscar Colas can just rip that thing from right field to third base, but the, can, the range is but should, incredible but should with he? Robert. <laughs> no, he shouldn't. And and as Ellie says, Robert was the offense. Literally the two hits I referenced by Robert were it. Done. <laughs> two hits. Out. Everybody else like, now nah, we're good today. And you were referencing uh, your man, Oscar Colas. Just, I, I, when Pedro said the stuff about Oscar earlier and how, like kind of when when you're gonna have to be more specific because you know, <laughs> yeah and and I'm, I'm I mean yeah. yeah that's a joke but my point being is that <laughs> this has been this Ongoing. has been a season long thing with Oscar Colas and certainly since he's come back from the minors mm-hmm. the the offense has gotten a little bit better mm-hmm. you know the numbers have ticked up a little bit Pedro has complimented what he's been able to do at the plate but those. Pedro has had multiple media sessions in which he's called out those lack of focus plays and this was another one. Tonight. This is just like. This is fundamental. This is Little League stuff. You've done this stuff in high school, you get to get chewed out. He picks the ball up after running to his left. The guy at first base is well on his way to third, and he airmails the throw. He's in love with his arm. I I would be too. But keep it on a low trajectory so it could be cut off by the shortstop. It was not even close to the third base bag, and airmailed Tim Anderson so the guy goes into second base. Then the next guy gets a single, six to nothing. Just dumb. And I'm sure that Grafal and whoever is the outfield coordinator got in his ass, and they need to, and say, that is just dumb. I don't, like, I'm not calling the player dumb. I'm calling that play just dumb. It's fundamentally 
unsound. I don't know why he doesn't listen to his people who are telling him, don't do that. It's not a smart play. And it was a 4 nothing game already. And like I said, the guy at who was at first base was already on his way to third comfortably. And that could cost you runs eventually in your career. These games don't necessarily count, but also you got to play fundamentally sound. You got to play baseball correctly because you're going to be doing this for the foreseeable future for the White Sox, right? Well, one th- well, that's a great Maybe. segue because what I was just going to say is one thing that Pedro has brought up when he's talked about these young guys at the end of the year, and really there's three of them, right? Colas, Lenin Sosa, and now Corey Lee, who's up uh, catching today. The thing that one of the things that he said is the evaluation period is so important right now because he doesn't necessarily trust the evaluation that you can do in the spring, right? Mm-hmm. We saw Oscar Colas have a very nice spring, but there are things about spring training, in Pedro's opinion, that make it difficult to judge is that the guy I'm going to see for six months over the course of the season. And so he's claiming that the end here, August and September, are going to be more helpful in that regard in determining how close, and this was, I believe, in specific reference to Colas and Sosa, they are to being the ready major league players that they need them to be. If Pedro is still part of the decision-making process moving forward after the season is over and they bring in the new baseball boss, does he say... I don't think Oscar Colas is ready to, to be a, 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 the major leaguer we need him to be next year because of all the lack of focus plays that he's making out there in right field. And if that's the case, does Oscar Colas continuing to make these plays, these types of plays, put right field on the to-do list for the offseason for the White Sox when we heard back last November from Rick Hahn talking up Colas as being the guy this, this year? And again, at the end of spring training, we all were like, oh, okay, Oscar Colas looks, looks good. Here we go. But – it's proven over the course of the season that he has not been ready for that. Does Pedro make the determination right now or at the end of September that Colas is still not ready for that, and does that change what the White Sox try to do this offseason? Because I don't know where you can put him. It's not like, I mean, maybe I mean, maybe he's not Kopech level where you're like, when we had this discussion pregame, obviously not saying Kopech was good today. Um, but, you know, has, has Colas earned – major league playing time like is he, is he too good for for triple a at this point or are you would you just would you be fine to just send him down yeah if you get a a right fielder that is just above average a two war player on the whole year you'll be fine you just can't have this and if he doesn't learn this at the end of his rookie year it's gonna be tough to learn it for the end of his or for the rest of his foreseeable future because like I just don't know what his thought process was there. He, it's not like the ball was hit like a rocket to him. The runner at first was kind of slow. The ball was hit slowly. He had to travel to his left to throw the ball, and then he unleashes the ball. Yeah, I would be fine if the White Sox decided to go and get just an average right fielder next year to put the pressure on him and that guy being the starter. And then if Colas, like I did this year, performs in the minor leagues, maybe you look for a different team for him that wants a strong left-handed hitter that might break out on a different team. But you can't go into next year with that another hole in the outfield where you have so many other question marks if this guy's not ready to play fundamentally at the minimum. And I haven't really seen a lot offensively from Colas that I'm like, got it. There it is. I want him to play out the string. I want him to play every single game because I'm not going to get anything from Trace Thompson. I know what he is. He's Trace Thompson. But (laughs) I want him to improve 
to understand the game of baseball. There's a situation that he's in currently in that uh, spot where I need to throw the ball. If this ball is hit to my left, who's running the who's running the bases? All those things should be going through your head naturally as a baseball player. It doesn't seem like he has that in him right now. And maybe eventually he can pick that up, but just the dumb plays like that, those are unacceptable. I hope he gets chewed out. I hope he gets told and is out for extra practice tomorrow and can learn that you can't just throw everybody out, even though you have 99 on your gun, on your arm, and you're the Cuban Otani, you're going to be sitting on that bench too. If you keep on throwing those dumbass throws, yeah. I'll take somebody else who can just play fundamentally sound instead of a guy with a live arm and a possibly potentially great bat, which I haven't seen yet. Well, it's just it's just the consistency of those mistakes, too. I mean, it's not like I, – I don't think you're overreacting to one moment tonight. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this is something that he's done over and over again. I mean, the guy bending down to field a, a ground ball that, that's already gotten through for a hit, how many times has, he, has it skipped off his glove? I mean – Keep your eye on the ball. Keep your hands down. Alligator arms. We use it all. We learn it all in little league, right? I mean, um, l- listen. He's very uh, a very athletic guy. Yeah. But and and I think the thing here is too. He's not very experienced, right? Obviously, we talked about him as being a more advanced prospect because he was playing in Japan. But he's only got what two and a half months of of major league baseball experience here. Again, you should have all this stuff mastered by the time you mm-hmm. get to the major leagues. But I guess my point being is that there. It's not crazy to listen to listen to somebody say we're still developing Oscar Colas like it is we're still developing Michael Kopech. Well, and I feel like there were some parts of like Puig and Cespedes that had a little bit of this where you know they were like again trusting every ability. I mean, again, Cespedes had the same, but you, you know, saw cannon the, arm. You saw other things though, right? From they were them. they could hit the ball. Yeah, yeah. So that kept them in the lineup, right? Yeah. I mean, like they they had like thirty home runs yeah. in a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there was reasons why Puig and Cespedes stuck around. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Cespedes got paid. Colas, I mean, will he be on the 2024 team? And is this just another year where, you know, right field is another question mark in the offseason? We got Nomar Mazzaro. We got Adam Eaton. We got Oscar Colas. A.J. Pollock. A.J. Pollock. There you go. Thank you. Uh, And he's on a different team now. Yeah. (laughs) Now now he's a giant. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, Hey, maybe we could bring him back. I'm good. He's going to end up a really good Immaculate Grid guy one day. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people are going to, like. Mariners, Giants. AJ Pollock, like when <laughs> when he's only played like forty games for both those teams, that's going to be good. White Sox Giants on that one too is probably. I mean, everyone's going to think Ray Durham, and you, you're going to think AJ Pollock. Yesterday, White Sox Giants, I got a sub one with uh, Connor Gillespie. Oh, very mm. nice, uh, impressive yeah. there. Um, and shout out to Stephen Gautrit in the, the chat, and we appreciate everyone hanging out with us. And make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Um, I, I do like that comment. Uh, the White Sox have really quote unquote surrendered this year. Wish, wish the Dream Police would take the, this team away. Fitting. With Joan Jett and the crowd. They kept sure. showing Joan Jett. Those are cheap trick references. I, I, yeah. I know. I was just saying, yeah. like, 80s rock. <laughs> I was wondering, surrender. You're wearing the shirt. I think that's what you, Steven's you probably going You kept saying you wanted to wear there. your Joan Jett shirt. I'll be wearing my Joan Jett shirt tomorrow. There you go. That was the highlight of the game, was getting to see Joan Jett. <laughs> Did you see her in the Orioles booth, like, throwing, like, a... A curveball? I think it was a screwball. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look at Jane, Joan Jett. Screwball! Yeah, it was the screwball. Yeah. Who knew she was a Baltimoreese? person i didn't know and then we, we learned that she uh moved to to baltimore she went to rockville yeah um, don't go back to rockville she went there god damn it <laughs> um and uh she moved there when she was a teen went to high school for the for a little bit and then she said i'm gonna go i'm gonna go do this music thing i'm gonna go be a rock and roll yeah. star and i guess it worked out for her it did what did, what happened with joan jet she make it 
Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so let's get into Michael Kopech. Let's look at the starting pitcher lines, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, what went wrong for Michael Kopech today. Four innings pitched, four earned runs, seven hits, five strikeouts, four walks, and Grayson Rodriguez on the bump for the Orioles. As we mentioned, Luis Robert had the two hits for the White Sox. Uh, six innings pitched, no earned runs for Grayson, one hit. It was a massive double uh, for Luis Robert Jr. Six strikeouts and one walk. Herb, you tweeted it out after Kopech's uh, start wrapped up. You talked about it on the pregame. What is it, 13 now? 13 straight starts without going past the sixth inning for Michael Kopech? Yeah, and, you know, six innings in the major leagues is kind of hard to find, but you should run into one at, in, in 13 starts. He's not facing the Yankees every damn start. He's not facing the Orioles every When he every faces start. the Yankees, he does well. He's awesome. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, baby, bring them some bitches on. But, yeah, like, you can't depend on that. And I know that he will be dependent on to be a starting pitcher next year for the White Sox. But as in the Clevenger thing, as in the Cease thing, it's like, who do they have as a starting pitcher coming back next year? Our best starting pitcher is a guy that might opt out and Mike Clevenger, and you can read the article that Vinny wrote out today in allchco.com. Thanks, That sir. doesn't work for here's me. Your, here's, your, here's your $2. Appreciate it. <laughs> that doesn't work for anybody. That doesn't work for the White Sox. If you're going to have inconsistency at the starting pitching spot, you're not going to win. It's going to be done before you even start. And so Michael Kopech and the White Sox got to fi- find a way to either unlock him, trade him, send him to the minors, something, because this – can't continue to go on till next year because they're dead on arrival when they start like the third starter, fourth starter, fifth starter. God forbid if he's a second starter. It's it's across the board right now too. Two numbers that weren't on that pitching line that that Steven showed were a wild pitch that brought a run home and three stolen bases against him in four innings. Easily. Um it is uh, really an all-around thing and and to be fair, stolen bases, walks, Michael Kovacs not the only pitcher on the White Sox who's having those problems right now, um, but he's just kind of having every problem you can have. And uh, we ta- we talked about the mental side of the game. We talked about the emotional side of the game with him, uh, you know, in the pregame, and we have multiple times throughout this season. But stop walking, guys. Stop give stop giving up hits. Stop throwing wild pitches. Stop letting guys take second base. I mean, these are all things that you know are are. The, there's the physical side and there's the mental side. It's not like the physical side is perfect either. No. And I think, uh, you know, it's not like he's being held back by this one thing. Across the board right now, it's not working. And you saw, I mean, man, they showed it as, as many times as they could. Long, long conversation between Pedro Grafol and Michael Kopech in the dugout after uh, Kopech was done after just four innings. So, um, you know, listen, Pedro's always saying they're doing this work. And, and I think, you know, Tony said it all last year, and I know no one believes him when the results aren't right, and they're like, oh, the coaches must be sitting back and, and just, you know, closing their eyes, and everybody in, in the clubhouse must just be sitting there on their phone all day before the game. They're doing the work. They're doing the coaching. But, boy, it is uh, not working out right now from translating to what's happening on the field during the games. And you said how many outs did he get for the 95 pitches he threw? Uh, he finished four innings, so 12. Yeah. 95 pitches, 12 outs. His poor. Yeah. Um, and just to add on, since 2019, uh, can we name the top six in stolen bases allowed? Since oh. 2019, this is teams or pitchers? Pitchers. 
Well, I'm guessing maybe, Michael Kopech's on the list. Yeah, Michael Kopech's six. Uh, and I, he didn't play two of those years. No, he's got the lowest amount of uh, <laughs> innings pitch. I guess I'm not going to just ask you to name all these guys. Uh, Sandy Alcantara's won 510 and two-thirds innings pitch. He's allowed 48 stolen bases. Robbie Ray, 384 uh, yeah, 384 innings pitched, 44 stolen bases allowed. Dylan Cease, 417, 40 stolen bases allowed. Patrick Corbin, 397, 38 base, uh, stolen bases allowed. Uh, Kevin Gosman, 448, and 38 stolen bases allowed. And then Michael Kopech, 256 uh, innings pitched, 37 stolen bases allowed. So he is he is allowed he is allowed the seventh most sixth, sixth most stolen bases in baseball since the start of the 2019 season. Yeah. And, and he, he did. didn't play the 2019 season. He didn't play the 2020 season. And unlike those other five guys, he pitched out of the bullpen in 2021. And, and actually, all the rest of those guys have, like, success, too. And this is just uh, June uh, through June 11th. So Not including I, I don't the know last how the, I don't, month and I just, a half. I just saw this. I mean, um, he's been stolen a lot lately. Also all says year it was long. last updated on uh, today. So okay. I, I don't understand what this is. Because Sandy L. Contra... Cy Young, Robbie Ray, Cy Young, second Cy Young last year, Dylan Cease. Like those people are actually doing something. They don't care if the guy steals second because I'm gonna get the next guy out. It's the Greg Maddox type of a philosophy. But <laughs> this man is letting people steal, then walking the next, and then letting the next guy hit a home run. Yeah, literally. It, and it's it's too just another day where if Stephen you want to flash the stuff and uh, results here from Kopech, uh, another day where the secondary stuff just didn't show up for Kopech. Fifty seven. Four-seam fastballs, uh, 60% fastball for him today. Um, we could just go to the next slide. Uh, slider was down two miles per hour as well, if that interests you. Um, just not good. And you look at the whiffs on the four-seam fastball. Mm. I think this is – oh, yeah, uh, sorry. This is Kopech. Uh, seven whiffs on 35 swings for Kopech and five called strikes on the fastball. Not great because a 21% called strike plus whiff percentage. But, hey, you know, there's something there. But – on his other pitches, uh, on his non-fastball, two whiffs, two called strikes, um, and an entire called strike plus whiff percentage of 17%. So just really not even finding the zone. And we saw, I mean, Adley Rutschman in his first at-bat just swinging at fastballs up and out of the zone. So it's just like a guy that normally lays off pitches, As long if he just laid off those pitches, he's probably not striking out against Kopech. But here's the thing. The, the, biggest, the biggest point there, the most important stat there, he didn't throw a single one of those pitches after the fourth inning. And if he has given up four runs in six innings, is it pretty? No. no. But are you giving your team a chance to win? Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's not a team that's only getting two hits on the night, but, I mean, in, in a vacuum, you're giving your team a chance to win if you only give up only give up four runs in six innings. You might not win often, but you're giving them a chance. You're saying, hey, go score some runs. I didn't, I didn't, do, uh, you know, I didn't do a horrible thing where I gave up seven runs uh, on, on the board. But he only pitched four innings. If he would have stayed in there, for, I mean, he couldn't tonight because of the pitch count. But if he did stay in there for another two, maybe he's given up two or three more runs. So it, that that's that I think with Kopech has been the headline of the year has been he hasn't gotten the inning total up. And as you mentioned in the pregame, it's not because of the health. It's because right. the performance has been so poor. Yeah, and it's just disappointing because the guy's got stuff, but he needs, as you said, a secondary pitch that he can go to more often, and a tertiary pitch. As a starting pitcher, you don't have three pitches. That's ridiculous, absolutely yeah. ridiculous, that you're, you're mostly fastball. As everybody in the world says, if you only have a fastball that you're locating, 
they're going to hit you. You're going to get hit hard. And they're just waiting for that velocity. And that's all Adley Rutschman was doing in that first at bat. He said, you only have fastball, and it's a little elevated, but I can hit, I can go up there, which he couldn't. He couldn't hit those balls, but still, that's how much confidence Adley Rutschman had. He knew his fastball was coming, and that's how strong Michael Kopech is, though. He knew that he was throwing a fastball, and he still couldn't hit it up top. That's the frustrating part. You can live at the top of the zone and you can live at the top of the league and strike a good uh, hitter like Adderley Rutschman out and then still also look ridiculous during the game and go 95 pitches in four innings. There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way where he's taking away or they're making him into Kyle Hendricks, making him into more of a spotty pitcher and hitting to contact instead of trying to strike everybody out and then coming with these results because – it's not working for him. It's not working for anybody. I mean, if he was Kyle Hendricks with a 97-mile-per-hour fastball, I think he'd be fine. Yeah, but just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, find, just find a cutter. Find a, a, a slider that is, that's a little bit more, I don't know, just sharp. Uh, yeah. it's too, You see the one he threw to Corey Lee where it bounced behind him? It's like it was 56 foot. He, there's no way the man could catch the ball. And he threw one earlier, and Corey Lee caught it. Another thing, Corey Lee, decent with the glove. You'll, Gave the actual – Second baseman shortstop, a chance to tag the runner out, even though Michael Kopech gave him five steps before he delivered the ball. You're liking McCory Lee experience so far? Hey, he's only hitting 0.83, but he's got a 3.50 on base percentage because he walked. Again, that does something. I don't need my catcher to necessarily mash or hit a lot, especially a young rookie like him. I need him to do exactly what he did today. Catch the ball, throw a good pitches, and understand that Adley Rutschman was swinging at those high fastballs and don't go to a slider then and speed up his bat. If the pitch is working and Adley Rutschman can't hit it, go again and then go again. And that's what he did on that first batter. That's why I felt like, okay, here we go. You got a nice catcher who understands what the batter's trying to do and the pitcher's working in concert with them, but it didn't work out today. No, and uh, it was it was an ugly, ugly day, uh, an, an ugly, ugly game for Michael Kopech. Uh, we'll be on the lookout for quotes from Baltimore to see what he had to say but I mean we kind of focused on that in the pregame that you know the confidence just has not been there for him and I don't think this is a confidence building start for him at all so uh, hopefully Kopech can get him next time right hmm. all right well hmm. hopefully um, I don't they I, don't have any other pitchers for no, next year yeah. so I mean Sammy, they're gonna need him they could try Sammy Peralta uh, he was decent is he is I think he's a reliever I mean, through three innings, hey, maybe he could eat a couple. That's that's one worse than Kopech. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's take a quick break and let people know about our friends over at Lewis University. At Lewis, students are just like you. They check Charlie. Oh, hey, get him out. Come on. Bad Find check, him. Charlie. Bad check, Charlie. There's a lot of graphics in your guys. You're putting a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> I mean, we have old, like sponsor graphics apparently from what Joey was telling us for pregame so uh maybe maybe we should delete some of the old ones I think someone deleted my bed check Charlie I can get it back I'll get it back you do your Lewis read now I'll make sure it's in there did you delete bed check Charlie you did you delete bed check Charlie he doesn't know who that is I know that's why it'd be really imagine if just someone yeah, yeah, it was, and you weren't here. Um, students are just like you. They have full-time jobs, families, and full-time sports fam- fandoms. Go back to school to earn a respected degree at Lewis University. It's 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville, and it's ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. 
Lewis partners with numerous employees for tuition discounts and offers evening, online, and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. If you are looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right program for you. Lewis offers several career-focused programs that will set you up for for success. We're going to highlight one of them here, the Lewis program in... But, of course, Aviation Maintenance Technology Certification. uh, You can, as an adult undergrad, get your certification in Aviation Maintenance maintenance Technology. I I don't know how to speak. But it was crazy to see all the people maintain the airplanes when I took an airplane to Vegas and back from Vegas, and they had to switch out a part. They flew in a part from Denver, so we were delayed 40 minutes, and then they had to fix maintain the the, wow. the airplane they don't have the part there on the flight deck apparently not that's concerning i don't I mean that's, that's good and it wasn't probably the smoothest smoothest university <laughs> it, was, it wasn't the smoothest and by the way ride. i've asked jay yes they do have um a, a flying program an aviation program too okay, there we go. and a, a, the full, a full 747 there to, to yeah. mostly simulate because they don't have enough of a runway to actually take off I would re- was really concerned that they weren't the Flyers. I, yeah. I don't know why I, I, I second. They are the Flyers. It's good. But, it, did you find bed check, Charlie? Yeah, there you yeah. go. Oh, there my is. God. How scary. Is he a, he's a pilot, right? Of yeah. course, yeah. Okay, right. He's got the old-timey yeah, scarf going and everything. Discover how a degree from Lewis University can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. And uh, go give a shout-out to bed check, Charlie. Um, do you want to fly in my single-engine Cessna? <laughs> Is that your bed check Charlie impression? Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. I liked it. Uh, we also want to let you know about our friends over at Game Time. Uh, Game Time, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. Maybe you're uh, Joan Jett. Maybe you're looking to get into the, the Camden yeah. Yards. I bet Baltimore PR is going to be nice to Joan Jett, but yeah. we know that the owner's a little wacky. So, hey, maybe Joan Jett needs to ga- go to game time and stop stressing out on whether she's going to be able to watch her Orioles win 9 to nothing. They're very fun out there in Birdland. Forgetting plan- forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. I could have bought tickets to go see Erica Jane in Las Vegas. Bet it all on Blonde. What is that? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't have to plan months in advance. This game time has tickets uh, right up to the day of the event. Am and I the supposed g- to know what that is? No. Herp? No, I Herp? don't know what it You're is. You're laughing like, oh, this idiot over here. <laughs> no, he doesn't know who whatever that it, person is. His answer was just funny. <laughs> the game time care team means you always get the best price. Oh, you God. find tickets in the same section in a row for a lot of game time. We'll credit you 110% of the difference. Uh, so snag the tickets out the stress to get, uh, with game time. Download the game time app. Create an account and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem a code CHGO. CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Uh, so a woman that was a part of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I don't care about well, this. Well, you asked. She has a, now a, a Vegas re- <laughs> residency. I need to check game and, time to see how much those Aerosmith tickets are going to be. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Hey, uh, you know. Speaking of a Vegas residency. When's that happen? Well, aren't they coming to Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. 15th next month. Okay. Yeah. Go to game time. They were, they were up over 80 bucks at the moment that you see. Maybe. Maybe to you that you say that'll that'll do it yeah maybe you'll be like oh i'll go see the smith for that would you the smith well that's just a nickname i, I came up with i think there's a band uh, well they that's smiths. plural right, oh, yeah. right, right yeah and you know would you see aerosmith for 80 bucks i don't know yeah, no. 
We'll see. We'll see what game time. See, that's the good thing about game time, right? I can check it all the way up till till the show. Those dudes are in their seventies, right? Oh yeah, they're old. Yeah, they're old. Um, My guys, the Black Crows, are opening up for them too. Oh, they're not. They're not in their seventies. No. They're younger. I mean, soon. Yeah, yeah. we're all gonna get there one day. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go to well, and um, I guess let's go to the stuff that didn't happen in today's game. Um, let's go to the reports that have been coming from. WGN's Ben Bradley, um, also Sean Lewis, uh, reported on the actual newscast today. Um, but the Chicago police graduation was today, um, and Mayor Brandon Johnson and interim police superintendent Fred Waller spoke um, at the uh, post-graduation to give an update on the White Sox uh, shooting that occurred on Friday. Um, if you missed it, during Friday's game, a 42-year-old woman was taken to a local hospital after she was shot in the leg, and a 26-year-old woman suffered a graze wounded and refused uh, medical treatment. A police spokesperson would not say whether the woman have spoken with investigators. It's also unclear whether the woman with the more severe wound was tested for gunshot residue, which would be an indication that the weapon was fired uh, close in close proximity to her. Um, Mayor Brandon Johnson said, as I understand, it, there wasn't a clear indication of whether the shot of where the shot actually came from. And then Fred Waller um, said that there's an active investigation and said that, quote, the shot coming from outside is something that we've almost completely dispelled. We're looking at every avenue and exploring every lead. We also heard that um, Fred Waller said that the police initially asked the White Sox management to stop the game as a precaution while they investigated play was obviously not suspended and Waller says once police determined that there was not an active shooter threat they allowed the game to continue to not create a panic a post-game concert was canceled with the team claiming technical difficulties is the reason um thumbs up for that they were going to just investigate uh the police wanted to close the the, the scene down so they can investigate um right. so you know uh, no no vanilla ice for you you're not you're not a fan of vanilla ice uh, it's the first concert I ever went to vanilla ice mc hammer and in, in vogue but no i'm 44 years old now. No. Okay. All right. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. I'm good. (laughs) Go. Uh, So I I don't know what we make of of this situation. I don't know what else you guys make of the situation three days removed. But, I mean, there was likely a shooting that took place within guaranteed right field. We're not sure how the gun got in the ballpark. We're not sure how it got went off. We're not sure what the motive was or how it got fired off there just seems to be more and more questions that keep being asked and none really answered yet um i I don't know what you guys expect of this just more updating people but if there's anything else you guys want to add on just i don't know like the initial reports or people speculating had it might have been from outside the park i'm like if you know where 161 is and where those people were sitting there's no way that could have happened um but it's like doug flutie Throwing up a hail mary, like I mean, like that. It's it's an insane like trajectory. Yeah, and they're saying it's coming from Forty Second Street. It's like that's miles away. Come on now, but I think, just my opinion, they, the White Sox, and they, the Chicago Police Department, kind of got a feeling of who and where this bullet came from, and just don't want to divulge the name and or person that did this. Well, that's that's a bit of a jump. I mean, because they because <laughs> from what we from what we know, that's a bit of a jump. No, but from the Chicago Police Department saying, "Oh, there's a shooting at guaranteed rate." Let's shut the game down. 
and the White Sox explaining to them like hey, there's no active shooter, and the and the cops saying okay cool no active shooter that and then their ex- further explanation is like but we don't know where when how the bullet came tells me they're pretty confident they know in the vicinity where the bullet came from, and they just don't want to tell yet. They don't want to have a declarative statement as yet. So, because they don't, they're not worried about the next game. They weren't worried about Saturday's game where people coming into the stadium or Sunday's game where people coming into the stadium. Because if there was a shooter that was a mystery shooter that got outside, that was in guaranteed rate, and then got out of the building, I'm sure they would be scared and they'll put people on alert. It's like, hey, we have a shooter that has been unrecognized and we don't know who the hell it was. And it's just out there. There might be a person that shot some lady in the stomach and another person got a grace wound. To me, it just seems like they're a lot of they're very calm, and if they did, you know, have a actual shooter that was meant ill intent to somebody, they would be more, like, I think they would have a little bit more verve. They would have a little bit more. Hey, we got a a guy out there, guy or girl out there that's been shooting our people at the stands. We don't want this. I feels like they're kind of calm about it, but they don't know and they don't want to divulge the name yet. That's just a. Wild speculation for me, and which is as, not not super responsible. So I, I mean, a, but I'm not a journalist like though, so I can say that stuff. Well, still, not not the greatest, not yeah. the greatest thing to just start wildly speculating about people having weapons inside of a baseball stadium. I'm not saying people. <laughs> I'm saying people who are, are supposed to have weapons in a stadium. It, to me, it remains a very weird and bizarre situation, whether you want to talk about the actual thing that occurred or what has played out afterward. Uh, we can only go by what we've been told and what we know. And so, um, you know, this is great reporting, obviously, today uh, by WGN. We uh, were spoken to on Saturday by a White Sox spokesman, and we played that sound, some of that sound on yesterday's show. Um, would refer you to that if you haven't, uh, if you weren't able to see it before. But, um, it, it, it remains very strange, very bizarre, and definitely something um, that is not good. You know, I mean, that might sound like, you know, no, duh, that's the lamest opinion ever. But, I mean, under well, no circumstances is this something that um, should not be taken seriously or, or anything like that. And I think that the people who are investigating it are taking it seriously. Certainly that's the vibe we got from the White Sox who uh, – you know, are, are putting this in the hands of the police, you know, and that's, I think, what you would want to do in that situation. Yeah, and I, I get the vibe that Herb is saying about maybe they know more than they're leading on because, like, again, I think the dumbest opinion that you could have was expressed in our chat just saying another reason for them to move out of Chicago. It seems like the person that had a gun should have had, not should have, but in some cases may have been allowed to have a gun. I mean, because there was a... a, a, a Incident that Larry Hawley of WGN reported on about 30 years ago that uh, left two people injured at uh, Comiskey Park. Uh, September 29, 1993, uh, Sox Mariners at Comiskey Park. Uh, according to the WGN archives, Larry writes that Marine Lieutenant Rodolfo Diaz was adjusting a handgun in the pocket of his coat when it fired. It struck him in the hand and hit his wife Brenda in the left thigh. She would be released from the hospital the next day while he was charged with possession of an unregistered firearm. Um, the incident happened in the eighth inning of the game, but play continue. The White Sox would go on to win three to two in the twelfth inning um, on a walk off by. Uh, no, Berto Martin. Damn, um, Martin. <laughs> Martin. Uh, and at that Aqua. time, uh, there were no metal detectors at the game, and uh, you know, Larry notes that that's unlikely. Um, like, I, I don't know. I don't understand how 
someone doesn't set off the, the, the metal detectors. And we, I mean, the biggest complaint or the biggest thing that I've realized now going to Wrigley Field twice this year is they have amazing scanners. I mean, you just walk through and it's kind of airportish um, where now you go through guaranteed rate field and it feels kind of antiquated. So I don't know. I don't know if it's an antiquated system that allowed a gun to be let in. I don't know if it's someone with clearance to carry a firearm. I This is so bizarre because you look at the video and it doesn't seem like there was a shot. It doesn't seem like anyone noticed a, a gunfire happening. Like the way that the what, the way that the White Sox described it to us on Saturday was that the person did not realize that they had been shot. Mm-hmm. Like they they treated it as if it was just, you know, someone bleeding, you know, from a, a scrape or a cut or anything. Um and that they didn't realize for some time what had actually happened. And I think that's probably where we're getting the whole confusion in, does the game go on, does the game not go on? It's not like something happened and all of a sudden a decision had to be made. There was information that was discovered as time went on, um, and that's probably where that some of that is stemming from, I would imagine. Yeah, it's, it's such a bizarre situation, and obviously, like – if it is the situation that you're, you're speculating, Herb, like I, I, I'd just be very disappointed with that. I think that's just completely negligible from the Sox and police department standpoint. MLB has not put out a statement yet. Like a gun went off, likely, in a major league stadium. Yeah, there needs to be answers. There needs to be repercussions. There needs to be something that happens because. The last thing that I want to do when a team's 28 games under 500 is go to a park that, hey, we just had a gun go off. It's not worth it. Well, I mean, I mean or just, any or any park right. or stadium or crowded yeah. place at all. I mean, that's something that you should not have to think about going through your life on a daily basis. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case in, in, in the United States today. But the point there being you're, you're talking about you want answers – the police are investigating it. Yeah, right. Like where they're they're the ones that need to come to to the answer and, and give and provide those answers and then they can they can I mean who knows what their investigation yields, but they would those answers would be the ones that would lead you to the next question, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, I think the White Sox dropped the ball right here, right? No matter what. Somebody's got a gun in the stadium. A gun had to be in the stadium. The police have said they've all but ruled out it was outside the stadium. So security, White Sox, uh, whatever, game day operations have dropped the ball and something has to happen. Something has to be revamped. If they need to get the this, this situation like they have at Wrigley Field and much other stadiums like uh, uh, the Great American Ballpark has similar uh, sta- uh, station, uh, what are those, uh, security stations yeah. as, as Wrigley Field, they need to get upgraded there instead of having the long lines that they have. And that's the thing. White Sox fans, I don't think, mind the long lines if they feel safe. Right. They don't mind if you're going through, rummaging through their bags and looking through and having clear bags so you can see everything that's in there and then going through the metal detector and doing all that rigmarole if I'm going to be safe. But in all that, somebody still gets shot? It's like, what are we doing? You're getting, you're hassling me for a fanny pack and somebody's got a gun in here? Honestly, like, how is the first restricted, this is restricted items on the White Sox website. Weapon of any type, including pepper spray. It is illegal for anyone to enter or attempt to enter the ballpark with a a firearm, regardless of permit. Like, I mean, that's just a failure on the White Sox completely. Someone got in 
to the stadium with a gun. It's just, it's a failure. Of course, you're, you're 100% right. Because, again, there should be a question on whether we stop the game or not because there's a gunshot wound in the stands. Yeah. I mean, the gun can't get into the game, period. I mean, I think probably initially what Vinny said, like, she didn't know she was hit by a, gun, a bullet, and they didn't know the people, they just thought first aid was needed for a lady who got shot. It's like, oh, a bullet? Word? Cool. And no, you know, flare, no, you know, big time rush out of that section as they showed the video. If somebody shot a gun in that section necessarily or right next to somebody, I think people would hear that. Mm-hmm. I think people would freak out, too. There were people Instantly. sitting people sitting right in front yeah. of her. I mean, you see the video that the, that the Sox yeah. made yeah. public. I mean, people sitting right here, and they're like, oh, something happened back here? You can't make out what happens. I mean, like, you really can't see the moment that she gets hit. It just, there's nobody like jumping no, up, no. like yeah. It's, it's it's a very 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 weird 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 thing, and so, obviously it's concerning. There's no doubt right. about that. I don't think anybody's trying to say it should be just ah oh, forget it, go buy a hot dog kind of thing. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's not it's not a cut and dry thing. Obviously, yeah. yeah. It's it's and it's just bizarre. Again, how 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 does that actually just happen? And you know, it's it's just going to leave more questions until hopefully the police can answer them. Um, let's take another break, and we'll let you know about some of our fantastic sponsors. And then uh, I got a quiz, Vinny and Herb, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, some great content that's happening at allchgo.com, uh, especially this week as it is our uh, rank week. Uh, but we're going to get to that after we let you know about our friends over at Shady Race. Um, our friends at Shady Race, take on the sun with gear built to last. Um, they have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. The 90s are still in uh, the the, uh, the forecast coming up. So, uh Go treat yourself. I thought you, when you said the 90s, you meant Vanilla, vanilla Ice, ice and oh, that no, were coming no, back. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I don't think Mr. Vanilla Ice is going to return. You, I like how you asked Herb, oh, what's the matter? You're not a Vanilla Ice fan? I thought, are there are there any? Yeah, who are they? <laughs> I, they, they, they were there. I, could, I couldn't have a concert at Guaranteed Rate Field, but Vanilla Ice can. Maybe we should change that. You think I should try a musical career? No, I mean, but I think you would have more. Uh, you would have a better performance than Vanilla Ice. I, mean, I just, appreciate that. Just steal a Queen, David Bowie song of your own, yeah, and just, then just say that's a totally different <laughs> song than I wrapped over. I could just do Ice Ice Baby. Yeah. I know. I, I know most of the uh, words. So uh, so maybe not. Maybe it wouldn't be better. I, I would give more heart <laughs> and more believable too. To believe that Villain Ice was a gangster is a little is a stretch. Yeah, no. I mean, you can't have that flat top and be a gangster. Uh, Shady Race is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. I usually buy cheap sunglasses, too, and Shady Rays are just a, a treat. Um, they are just the best sunglasses that I truly have owned, uh, and I cannot break them, which is a good thing. I am very... Uh, haphazard with my with my sunglasses and with Shady Rays, I really can be, and they don't break. They're awesome, uh, and that's not all too. Uh, Shady Ray offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. So if I was to be a little bit too haphazard and they were to break, uh, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange it for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself the shades rated five-star by over 250,000 people. And we got a new sponsor from our friends over at Splash Sports. CHGO has a weekly pick, uh, 
you pickaxe pickaxe yeah. pickaxe and NFL Survivor contest for everyone to participate in for real money. Here's how to enter: head to splashsports.com/chgo. The link is also in the description and sign up. Deposit cash to get started, and it's just ten dollars to enter. Either um, there's again the weekly pick X contest. Uh, contest uh, top prize is twenty seven uh, hundred. Or I, I should probably say two thousand seven hundred. Uh, second prize uh, one thousand eight hundred. Third prize one thousand three hundred fifty. Uh, fourth prize uh, nine hundred. Fifth prize through seventh prize four fifty. Uh, eighth and ninth prize three fifteen. And tenth prize you get two hundred and seventy dollars. And the survivor contest it is a winner take all prize of four thousand. Five hundred dollars. We'll be running weekly contest. Contest. I don't know how to say contest. We'll be re- running weekly contests all year. Uh, so be sure to keep that link handy. And if you want to run your own contest, if you're tired of being the commission on leagues, chasing people down with none of the reward, you could sign up to be a commissioner right now through our link and earn money for the contest you've already been running with friends and family. So head to splashsports.com slash chgo to join in. We'll have different contests coming out. So we are stoked to be competing with you and against you all. And be sure to click our link in the description to take advantage of all the NFL action that is coming up. And I, li- uh, I like their little whale logo. He's very cute. Yeah. A nice little guy. Um what kind, do, do we know what kind of whale that is? Uh, no, humpback. It, look, it looks more like a blue whale. A I blue would say. whale, okay. Maybe yeah. hard to hard to tell. Mm-hmm. He's a little short to be a blue whale, but yeah, but he's not. He is he's blue. not flat. He's a he's fat. With a real blue whale, it would take up the whole screen. Yeah, that's true. It would um, take up this whole room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the biggest three city buses, folks. Wow, a, a crazy animal. Anyways, I mm-hmm. uh, want to let you know about our friends over at Foco. Uh, we do have a new bobblehead. Uh, to show off. This one's not from Foco, um, but shout out to uh, the Dylan Cease bobblehead. That is furry. Um, which is very funny uh, with his little mustache. And, hey, if he ever shaves it, we could just rip that thing off. There you go. Um, but this lovely Southpaw bobblehead that was uh, given to us by FOCO, um, mo- go check them out um, at FOCO.com, F-O-C-O, or click the link in the description below. Um, they donated this great Southpaw one. There's this awesome TA one as well. I think it's more directly behind me. Maybe not. It's somewhere. Um, I think he's over there. Yeah, he's over there. Um, he's got the nice uh, 35th and Shields kind of facade, lovely little red line detail as well. So get fitted in the best sports gear around. If you are looking to fill out your uh, man cave with bobbleheads, maybe get some swag like hoodies, shoes, signs, um, Bears overalls. Um, I know they have Broncos overalls because uh, Marissa from DNVR hung out with us in Vegas, and she was like, look what I'm getting. And she showed me the FOCO thing of the Denver Broncos uh, you know, plaid, uh, what was it called? Overalls. 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 There you go. Um, <laughs> so you can get anything over mm-hmm. at FOCO. Check out FOCO.com or click, click the description below for all nine pre-sale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. All right. Um, let's get into this little quiz here, and then we'll get into our uh, our list. And uh, Herb was a part of the list making, uh, so we do have an expert oh. on, on, on the, uh, on you the panel. shed some light on the process. Mm-hmm. I don't think Herb is going to be an expert in this. Okay. This is top 10. Okay. I want you to name the top 10 up uh, most games by a catcher who led off the game for their team. So most games by a catcher who led off the game for their team since 1985. So this is the top 10 most lead games by a catcher. Yes, lead off catchers. And this is inspired by Adley Rutschman, who's now leading off for the Orioles. He's now led off for 16 games, just pre- uh, past Brad Osmus. Or 14th all-time. Oh, okay. Uh, so Both of those guys so are not on it. Yeah. Adley and Brad Osmus are. Adley Osmus. and Bradley. All right. I'm going to say 
Carlton Fisk. No. Ah. Jason Kendall. Jason Kendall is number one. That was the guy. And it's it's not even close. Uh, Jason Kendall, 453 games. The next guy, 60. Um, Craig Biggio. Craig Biggio, six. Okay. There you go. All right. Let's Pretty good so far. And guessing. he didn't even stick as a catcher. No. no. Second baseman, <laughs> then center fielder, I believe. Lead um, off catcher. Imagine if Adley Rushman starts playing second base. How about Russell Martin? Russell Martin is on the list, Stephen. Oh, You're Steven. part of this. Fifth for Russell Martin. Look you at go. you. What about Paul LaDuca? Paul LaDuca is on the list. Yeah. <laughs> Paul LaDuca <Paul> <laughs> with 33 games. Oh, Joe West let him borrow his car that day? Um, oh, I don't get the I'm trying to think. Um, Joe Maurer? Uh, no, 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 no. Well played, no, no, Stephen. No, no, no. That's a good well guess. Yeah. 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 Good um, on base. Denied. When Dead Denard span. Let me go to That's it. That's Buster Posey. No, no Buster Posey. Uh, how about too much. Pudge Rodriguez? No. Ooh. Pudge Rodriguez? Guess what number he is? 11th. 11. Rats. Yeah. Trying to think of a good, I feel like maybe good. maybe Salt Lake City. We brought, brought up them as a, maybe they could be the Salt Lake City Rats. <laughs> Why is it there are rats for a mascot? That should be a New York team. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, let's Sorry, go with uh, Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza, no. No. Darren Dalton. No. No, <laughs> Darren Dalton is? No. I don't, think he was, I don't think he was good enough. How about, da- how about Damon Berryhill? No. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Who? Dalton. If we're throwing out weird catchers no one's heard of before. We already said... Oh, let's go with the Alejandro says Tech. Jason Veritech. No, Jason Veritech's a, a, a decent guess. Good How about enough. Jorge Posada? Um, no. I guess Jorge when you have Derek Jeter, you don't need Jorge Posada. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's a pretty good. Derek, yeah. Derek Jeter was all right. Yeah. Um, so we've gotten uh, R- Russell Martin, Paul Duca, and uh, Jason Kendall so far. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that three of the, four of these guys are active. Are active? Active. Oh, and Craig Biggio, too. Yeah, Biggio. Active catcher. So you got four of the six right now. That leads off. Um, Gary Sanchez. No. Okay. <laughs> A very weird pick. Why Mitch, would Gary Sanchez? Mitch Garver. I don't know. Yeah, Mitch Garver. Yes. Wow. There you go. Mitch Garver. Mitch Garver. Thirty-three Ooh, games. Boy. Uh, for the Twins, twenty nineteen to twenty twenty-one. Mitch Garver. Nice job. We've got a question. Uh, we've got a suggestion from the crowd. Yes. JT Real Muto. A- Alec S. We'll give you that one. Uh, JT Real Muto, third on this list for th- with forty three. Wow. So we got uh, two more active, two retired. How about how about Will Smith? No. No. Oh. Mm. Will Smith? No. Will Smith's never done it. Mauer did it once in twenty eighteen. This is tough. And then Veritech really uh, um, did it once in 2004. Let me go with... Um, Yasmani did it 12 times. Wow. Yes. Yes. What's that guy's name? It, oh, with the Brewers. Not him. Oh, did Yasmani did it 12 times with the Brewers only? Probably did well, too. I was always wanting him to be the leadoff hitter for the White Sox. Um, nah, he's kind of sucked. What's the guy? Hit 178. Yadier Molina. No, not Yadier Molina. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the two active guys, one guy is NL Central, one guy's AL Central. Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras. There you go. Uh, fourth, 39 games, uh, all with the Cub. Uh, I don't know how to describe the second guy on this list. Salvi Perez. No. no. AL Central? Salvi Perez was a good guess. Salvi Perez is a good guess. 
but it's someone else who's on the Royals who I had. Who else is on the Royals and is active? Who uh, the Royals have? Oh, that guy Maldonado. Last... No, 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 no. Um, that's, um, that's the Astros. Uh, I, I, I know this guy. Melendez. Melendez. Yeah. MJ Melendez. Melendez. There you wow. go. 35 games. Uh, also an outfielder. All right. Uh, you guys give up on the last two. Uh, yeah. A and Angel, the national great. And then like a Kurt Suzuki. Kurt Suzuki. 25 games leading off in 2008-2009 for the A. And then the last guy, number two, the Pirate was a Ray. I think he was a Mariner. Francisco Cervelli? No. No. It's a good guess. He also played for Oakland. Tampa, Seattle, Oakland, Pittsburgh. I'll, I'll give you one he more guess. He didn't play player. in front of a lot of people. We know that. No, he didn't. Um, you guys didn't watch any of his games. <laughs> oh, wow. He's that old? No, no, you know, no. He played for the Rays. 2014. Okay, then. I was kidding because oh, okay. no say, one watched their games. 2014. And shout out Alec. Alec got MJ Melendez. I am stumped on this Rays uh, Pirate Mariner A. <laughs> John Jaso. John oh, Jaso. There never we go. Got that. You yeah, would have sure, never gotten John it. That's why I gave it to you. And he's Ooh, second on the list. That's got. A, that's a great immaculate grid guy. Yeah, there you go. Can remember, right. commit John Jaso to memory. Yeah. Seattle, Oakland. Yes. John Jaso. There you go. All right. Um. Appreciate everyone putting up with that. And if you're still hanging out with us, hit that thumbs up button. Uh, Kevin Cato of uh, CHGO. Um, what's his title? Content. Head of content. Head of content. Guy. Thank you. Um, our head of content, content guy uh, rolled out this idea. And uh, it's a very cool and very fun idea. And we all participated it here. Um, I think, what, last week during the uh, Mariners game when Luis Castillo was throwing 45 fastballs? No, it was before that because I was here. We oh, were right. putting our so it was the previous oh, was road trip, Brett Colorado. Doyle. Yeah, yeah. Brett yeah. Doyle was out there uh, making all those catches. Uh, we started putting together our top twenty-five uh, athletes in Chicago sports history. So we have unveiled the twenty-fifth, twenty-fourth, twenty-third. This is the, the company-wide list. Yes, yes. So this is the aggregated final list, and we are revealing this five athletes at a time. Uh, athlete twenty-five, twenty-four, twenty-three. 22 and 21 were revealed. So let's jump into athlete number 25. Steven's already showing it. Candace Parker of the Sky, two years in Chicago, and was also an All Star and um, champion as well. Yep. Uh, WNBA champion, two time All Star, too. Uh, a shortener, one All Star appearance. 24th, Super Bowl MVP. Point. Sag machine. Uh, 12 years in Chicago. <laughs> Super Bowl MVP in 1985. For the 15-1 Bears, my friend. Also the Super Bowl champion. NFL Hall of Famer. And first team All-Pro. Uh, sick machine. Uh, then in at 23, Dan Hampton also had 12 years in Chicago. Uh, Super Bowl champion. Four-time Pro Bowler. Also won first team All-Pro. And NFL Hall of Famer. Uh 22nd on the list, Tony Esposito, 15 years in Chicago, three-time Vesna Trophy winner, one-time Calder Trophy winner, uh, was on the uh, NHL 100th anniversary team, and also an NHL Hall of Famer. Uh, I, I think I was they, – they honored t- Tony Esposito when I went to a, a game. So it was post, like, when they stopped showing the games on TV and then brought it back. It's like Kane and Taze was on the, And they gave away the, the goalie masks. Ah, it was very cool. Uh, the Jason the, mask? Uh, yeah, the Jason mask. And then 21st uh, on the list, White Sox legend, <laughs> 15 years in Chicago, Ron Santo, nine-time MLB All-Star, five-time Gold Glover, 70-and-a-half career war, and MLB Hall of Famer. No White Sox. Yet. Not yet. Yes. I mean, Ron Santo, you were just talking oh, about. Oh, right. Well, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, I guess he's in a Cub 
picture and was then a broadcaster for the Cub mm-hmm. and like had all that 70 and a half war with the Cub. And it hates so. the White Sox. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> hated think, the White Sox. Sorry. I, I think Ron Santo, uh, probably we can count him as a Cub. But uh, good immaculate grid for White Sox Hall of Famer. It's true. Only people in Chicago know that he's, he's, he's one of those guys. Um, what do we make of the, the the five athletes that were revealed here? Anyone you feel like maybe was left out? Herb, you know the the top 25 for I sure. Do, so I don't want to reveal too much. But, yeah, there was people we put in that did not um, – that other people would argue should get inclusion over the people that we did put in. So I'm not going to tell you who those people are, but at the end of this whole selection process, you'll be like, oh, man, that person didn't get in. That person should get in over X, Y, Z. And these are the people that where they probably should get in over, even though every one of those people are Hall of Famers are going to be Hall of Famers. So it's hard to do a 25-person list of the best athletes in Chicago. Really hard because we didn't see a lot of these players play. Like, I think I, I was the oldest, or maybe Carm was the oldest on this set, and – he didn't see half of the people that we didn't name play. And so it was kind of not unfair, but like the athletes of today, I think, and that's one of our kind of our criteria, were superior to the athletes of yesteryear, even though they might have put up better numbers. Now, there are people who are in this list that we did not see play. So don't think that we're just seeing, uh, having recency bias or people we've only seen. But there are some people that we're going to argue vigorously over and I did it with uh, Candace Parker I wanted another player from the sky in and Courtney Vandersloot but I got over voted by the three people on the panel with me well I think the the thing that makes this such a hard task is that Cubs White Sox 120 plus years of history the Bears are not far behind the Hawks are not far behind the Bulls of the of the what you would call the five major sports team or the four major sports teams in in town, uh, the Bulls are the ones that have been around the shortest, and they have six championships and some of the most uh, storied teams in the history of their sport and that league. So, and spoiler alert: the number one athlete in Chicago history. Oh, spoilers! Oh yeah, Come on, I don't man. know spoilers. if you guys knew that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're was kidding I, me. Was I not MJ allowed to beat out that? Some I, I wasn't allowed to release hey, man, that. Kirk Heinrich is a tough player, man. Tough to beat. Yep. Is it? Isn't he the guy right here that we're? He's, <laughs> he's in the logo. He's in the logo. But yeah, I mean, just it's it's incredible. We were doing those ballots and we were looking at at. at you know, to bring up the White Sox specifically, we were looking at White Sox players. You go to the stadium, there's a bunch of numbers retired, and you probably don't know who the heck they are because they played in the 20s and 30s and 40s. Um, doesn't mean, though, that their achievements were any less. And, uh, you know, the White Sox have Hall of Fame players that fans today might be less familiar with, but some of the all-time greats. And so to be able to have to comb through not just history, but centuries combined if you combine all the histories together worth of history uh no small feat so i'm uh, uh i'm i'm not terribly envious of you herb that you had to be on the uh make these painstaking decisions there at the end of this thing the one thing and i'm going to be upset cuz i don't know and i'm not going to get okay. a little too upset but i do wonder who the first white Sox on the list is cuz i have a worry that there might just be one Okay. Who would that one be? Well, Frank Thomas? He. I, let me spoiler alert for you guys. <laughs> Frank Thomas made the list. Okay. I don't um, know where he's at, but he made the list. I, I, I really was adamant 
that Luke Appling was better than Ron Santo. Old aches and pains. So if, if <laughs> yes, Luke Appling is not <laughs> 19 on this list, I feel like we have to up. But that's what I'm saying. Like we it's like redo it. I, that's what I'm saying. It's it's not it's not easy. You know. I mean, think of think of some of the guys that are in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I, I remember when I was a kid, I had a uh, uh, a DVD that was like baseball's whatever th anniversary, and we're putting together the all time team kind of thing. And who was one of the guys on that? Ap- Louis Aparicio, mm-hmm. White Sox, tremendous shortstop, all time great Hall of Fame player. How many White Sox fans who are around today would even rank him over? Canerco and 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 Burley guys who g- tremendous careers, great faces of the franchise. But Not if you're all ranking famous. the all-time White Sox, do they come up to to the level of of Aparicio, of Appling, of some of the other you know Hall of Famers from way back in the day? Again, it's something that is hard to even wrap your mind around, and is very a very difficult task to go ahead and put those rankings together. Absolutely. And then you've got to compare all those guys to. The legends from four other franchises. Yeah, and 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 two. I mean, like, I, 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 I don't know. It's just, and then, what? I I can't, I can't say it because they'll, they'll be released tomorrow. There's, I got. This you. is a nice tease. A nice tease for you, Sean. Sean's already got the Sean's preview. Sean's teasing of ahead the, to what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. And what's the speak. twenty through f- what sixteen? Yeah, twenty through sixteen, and the the recap of twenty one through twenty five. But we'll talk about it tomorrow. Um. <laughs> Final thing, uh, we're not going to get to the Benintendi stuff. We'll save it till tomorrow because it's it's long. Uh, you, deep sigh of relief yeah. from Steven behind the camera. Not al- we're you not could go a whole other show on that. I know we're you not can. allowed to do the Sean Anderson, Andrew Benintendi drinking game on this because everybody would be falling on the floor drunk within about 45 seconds. All right, so I'll yeah. wait until Herb and Vinny take the day off, and then I'll talk about Benintendi. Um, but uh, <laughs> we do want to plug just uh, some stuff we do have going on here at CHGO. Uh, we have the countdown to kickoff. Uh, 2023-2024 season sale going on. Uh, all t-shirts and hats are $24 off. Uh, so go check out all of our great designs. It's a great time to stock up. Uh, you can get the... You got a shirt on, but you got a nice knucks on. Well, the hoodies aren't the hoodies aren't uh, for sale. Damn, but yeah. my t-shirt is. Your, your t-shirt is for sale. Um, Steven's t-shirt's for sale. They showed the, uh, the red version of the script shirt. Uh, the black and white one's uh, also for sale. Um, the Skyline one is for sca- sale. There's a, there's a lot of great shirts up at chglocker.com. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, and then um, we also got the tailgate events coming up. Uh, oh, we yeah. have made this official announcement uh, of our tailgates that are happening. Uh, Greg Braggs, who is a tailgate aficionado, uh, picked out all the, the, the best tailgate spot, apparently. Uh, so the tailgate spot is improved uh, from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have the dates on that, Stephen? Um, I'll get okay. that momentarily. Uh, the first one is this week one versus the, the Packers. Packers. So that's a good. That's a good week one. That's a. It's a good date to start it. Is, is week one. Uh, but yeah, we got uh, the Packers on September 10th, October 1st. We got the Denver Broncos on October 15th. We got the Minnesota Vikings on October 22nd. We got the Las Vegas Raiders, and on November 9th, we got the Carolina Panthers. That Denver one should be great too because uh, the people from DNVR are putting together a whole package where they're going to fly people out, get hotels, and then have a basically a DNVR and CHGO tailgate. Uh, so that should be a very fun event on October 1st. Uh, but, yeah, make sure you're joining us uh, either. It's the last day of the season. For the sale? Uh, no, oh. that's the last day of the, of the, oh, for of the, the regular season. season for the White Sox, yeah. Oh, yeah, all right. I might, we might take that day off. I'll be at the ballpark, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Maybe we won't take the day off. Uh, but, yeah, no, it, it should be a fun time, uh, regardless on whether we're there or not. Uh, but if you are a diehard, too, you could sign up 
and uh, get 20% off to the tailgate events. And you also get um, a free shirt when you sign up. So if you, you like any of that merch uh, and you want to get additional swag, uh, sign up to be a diehard today and get the uh, the code to be uh, get 20% off to uh, all events that we uh, are throwing here at CHGO. And if you are a diehard, I've learned this today, you get the extra 20% off the $24 t-shirts too. Oh, look at you. So yeah, you get extra than just the regular sale. So your t-shirts are even cheaper than regular public people. So go ahead. If you're a diehard member, I know some people in here are diehard members. So go ahead and get you a t-shirt this week. And if you guys are watching a White Sox post game show where they lost nine to nothing and they're 28 games under 500, you're probably a diehard. Uh, so that's a good program for you to go sign up for. Uh, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. We appreciate it. Very fitting that we're leaving at 23 likes for the greatest Chicago athlete, Andrew Benatendi. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say Mark Tia. Me too. Oh, okay. Yeah. It counts too. Tea time. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at EctorWall23. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. Shout out to Steven Nicholas. You can finally go home. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.